Welcome to Mouthing Off with Olivia. Hey guys, it's Olivia Caridi from The Bachelor, the girl with probably the biggest mouth you've ever seen. But now I'm using my huge mouth to talk really smart things with my favorite reality stars, influencers, YouTubers, you name it. They're going to mouth off too. Damn. This is Mouthing Off with Olivia. Okay, everybody, this one's a big one. One I never saw coming. We've got Luke P from Hannah's season of The Bachelorette. <laughs> How are you feeling right now? Right now, I'm feeling good. <laughs> Let's do this. We have a ton of questions for you, but before we jump into the show, I always like to ask who you were before the show and why you felt the need to do something crazy like reality TV. Um, who I was before the show. Yes. First off, I did not sign myself up for the show. I know a lot of people have heard this spiel, but I'm going to go ahead and share it again. Do it. My sister-in-law is the one that signed me up. And it's actually pretty neat. So in the beginning, you know, I didn't even think twice. I was like, I'm not even going to go on the show. Hmm. Even after getting the phone call and everything and my sister, like, signed up my application, I was not even thinking and it was... I was going to even make the trip out. Well, I thought, you know, why not? Let's try it out and try to gain some interview experience just through the, you know, interviewing process. So I started doing that. They, they fly out to Atlanta. They like me, they get me on camera. They asked me to come out to LA and I'm like, oh shoot, this could happen. <laughs> and then you felt really special probably, right? Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh my goodness, I might be on TV. And then, so as soon as this is happening, I'm like, because I, you know, I don't really watch the show at all. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I've seen maybe an episode or two before, you know, flipping through the channels. Yeah. So I'm, I start watching Colton season and I'm paying attention to all the girls because I'm like, okay, well, if I actually take this leap of faith, you know, I might be dating one of these girls and, you know, Hannah Brown caught my eye from the very beginning, even from her her goofy little intro package where yep. she's all cute, like, Hey, it's Alabama Hannah <laughs> from, from then on, you know, I had an eye for her. Yeah. And then, you know, you know, this is really the big piece of all of it is I paid attention to how she acted, how she grew on the show, how she matured from the beginning to the end. And I heard her talk to Colton about how she wanted to strive to be the wife of noble character. Right. So being in my mind, you know, being a Bible-believing Christian, I'm like, wow, she's quoting Proverbs 31. That sounds like my kind of girl. I want her. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm, in my mind, I'm all about it. I'm like, all right, if she gets selected, I'm going. So if it had been someone like Kaylin, you wouldn't have done it. Exactly, which this is something that, you know, when I say that, no one believes me. They're like, no. you're full of it. <laughs> if it was anyone, you'd be out there. And the truth is, you know, I actually went out there crazy enough to find love. <laughs> I don't believe that anyone doubted that you wanted to find love. That's for sure. Yeah, I didn't. You know, I really, like I said, I didn't know much about the show. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really know that most of the people that go on the show, you know, just go to be famous and wing it and go okay maybe if i find someone that i'm into i'll see what happens right but i didn't know there you know a big mo was okay like let's just go have a good time and try to be famous you know i actually was like okay this could be my future wife right and i had just got out of a serious relationship and like maybe a year it's like 10 months before Mm -hmm. um, the interviewing process and i was ready to get married in that previous relationship it didn't work out okay so in my mind i was like all right let's let's do this and see what happens steph annie said are the rumors true that you and hannah had talked before going on the show did not know that was a rumor it's a rumor that's a negative not at all okay there you go so then you get the go the green light as i say you go to the hotel you're getting ready to meet hannah you met her at the before the show started filming, right? Yes, after the final rose. I was actually the very first guy to meet her. And it went well. Yes. Oh, and then you came out of the limo and you growled or something. Yes. Was that, was <laughs> that your idea? That, 
That's a, <laughs> notice my long pause. Yes. You know, this is the very beginning of the process, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm like best friends of these producers. I'm like, oh yeah, like this is going great. They're going to feed me ideas. Mm-hmm. And I brought up, I was like, what do you guys think about me possibly mixing in the whole, you know, Hannah Beast thing and roaring like a lion. And they were like, oh my gosh, Perfect. you have to do this. <laughs> so actually at first I wanted to jump through the sunroof. They wouldn't let me. So I had to like actually get out and then jump on top. Before we get into the first night, Carly Ray said, I just want to know the truth. Did he really find God in the shower or was that just dramatics? Okay. So just to be clear here, mm-hmm. I didn't find God in the shower. Mm-hmm. I was at a low point in my life where my relationship with God wasn't very strong. Okay. You know, I became a believer at a young age, the age of eight years old. And when I was in college, I was in the shower and God came to me mm-hmm. and I mm-hmm. felt like he was speaking to me, telling me that I need to seek him and okay. yeah, get my life straightened out. So it wasn't like, it wasn't like you were like, Oh God, there you are in the shower. Yeah, No, it was not this mystical thing where I saw <laughs> God in the shower. No. Was that frustrating to you at all that that became such a big deal? Yeah, definitely. Because, you know, I didn't realize it, but in the beginning, and this is like, this is before I even fly out to LA, you know, like I said, well, let me just give you a little backstory about me. So I'm a very trusting person. Okay. And I'm very naive. So with that information, and a lot of people are going to be like, okay, that makes less sense now because I really was blinded to you know, and I'm not trying to make blame anything because there's a lot that I do want to like admit and apologize for because I'm far from perfect. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I didn't realize that these producers were really trying to, you know, formulate this story, right? My my producer was like, hey, why don't we get you in a shower and do a shower scene? And I was like, "Uh uh-uh, I'm not doing that. Next thing I know, I get talked into putting on my swim trunks and lathering up shampoo all over myself. Well, let's go back to the first night. Obviously, you had kind of built this image of Hannah in your mind before you even kind of started filming. Did, Did she, on first impression, kind of meet that image that you had of her? Yes. You're right on track. So I get there, you know, I knew the first night, you know. Yeah. Right past the final rows, past the crazy limo entrance I had. I grabbed her first, actually, and I knew that that conversation was me very telling. Okay. So going into it, I knew that something important to me was going to be to talk about our similarities. Right. And I wanted to talk about uh, my relationship with God and see, you know, how she handled the conversation. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, you know, they don't have time to air everything, so... I make her a bracelet, a proverb, a Proverbs 31 bracelet with her initials on it and like a little cross on it. Mm-hmm. And I get it out. I talk to her about it. I talked to her about how I noticed she brought it up on Colton season. Mm-hmm. And that conversation went really well. She okay. started talking to me how important her relationship with God is to her mm-hmm. and how that is what she's looking for in a husband. And we start going into kind of like what we would look for in a husband and a wife and talk about a little bit about really briefly. How long did you get? That's a tough question. Cause you know, in the moment feels like it feels like it felt like two minutes, but it could have been like five or six. So who did you perceive to be your biggest competition on night one? On night one? Yeah. You know, I didn't talk to him much at all and I didn't know him very well at all. Okay. Like didn't, didn't really speak to him again, much at all was cam. I Again, I didn't talk to him much at all. I met him in the after the final rose, and I was like, oh, okay, he's, I mean, he, he got the first rose. He had a cool rap. Like, I got to have a lookout for him. Okay. But, I mean, I actually really connected with Tyler. Oh, okay. Tyler C. Yep. And, which is funny, he never even talked to her the first night. And the whole time I'm sitting on the couch, and I'm like, dude, you need to go talk to her, bro. And we, we had a little connection about how we're both from Florida and we had some mutual friends through football. Okay. So him him and Jed, I knew right off the bat, we're going to be for sure top 
top people. Were you confident that you were going to get the first impression rose when they drop off the rose and everyone has to start talking about it? Did you think it could be you at all? I had no idea what to expect. And I had no idea what would happen, to be honest. So when she said your name and let's go talk, you were like, wow. Actually, leading up to that point, well, quick, quick backstory. I don't want to yeah. get too much into this. Okay. Um, we're actually all in the normal living room. Yeah. And the producers were like, Luke P, get over here. And then they were like, four more of you come over here. And then they had us like put us in a separate room. So when that happened, I was like, whoa, the first impression rose hasn't been out, given out yet. This, this maybe could happen. And then sure enough, she came in there and grabbed me, which was pretty cool. Did you feel like you had a target on your back because you got that? I mean, it's, you know, Bachelor Nation knows, you know, whoever gets the first impression rose, like everyone's going to be looking out for him. Yep. But, you know, it was really cool. Um, You know, even that first week in the house, I felt like my conversations with all the guys went well i didn't feel like any of them had anything towards me so i didn't really feel like i had a target on my back but the next week after the uh (laughs) after the pageant that was a little different story that was my next question (laughs) i want to talk about the pageant date laura edelstein can you spill any tea on the date where you told hannah you were falling for her i don't even know where to begin well i think one frustrating thing about that date um especially what what aired yeah was Everyone gave a speech and, you know, a few guys talked about like their feelings for her as well. Mm-hmm. Granted, I was the only one that said, Hey, I'm starting to fall in love with you, which first date, come on, bro. What are you thinking? Yeah. In hindsight, like, is that a little silly? <laughs> you know what I mean? Even if you're thinking that like, great, Don't keep say that, that to yourself yeah. and wait a few weeks. You know what I mean? So you can say, oops, that was a mess up on my end. Oh, that was a huge mistake. Okay. If I'd go back, I would have never done that. Okay. Noted. Noted. Yeah, especially in even if I was crazy enough to say that so early, you know, it would have been way more appropriate to have that, you know, in a more intimate time where it's just me and her one on one. Right. And here I am blurting it out on stage in a pageant. <laughs> yeah, that was good. It was good. Yeah. Okay. That was smart. <laughs> and I actually did have a talent. I actually walked on my hands down the stage to Hannah and back, which I was trying to give a little shout out to my CrossFit people, but they didn't air that. I was pretty, I was pretty bummed about that. You say that your relationships with the guys changed at that time. Like, was there a specific moment where you felt like, uh oh, things are the tide is changing here? You know, I had, I had a few guys come up to me and talk to me about like, dude, what are you thinking saying that so early? You know, I talked to Mike quite a bit about it, talked to Dylan and Jed. But no, I like there wasn't any tables that had turned yet. Like we had some good conversation and mm-hmm. talked about what was going on. And just to kind of skip ahead, I don't want to skip ahead, but I'm yeah. going to a little bit just to give you more details about like when the tables turned yeah. and it was like everyone in the house I felt like I had a confrontation with mm-hmm. or not really confrontation, but you know, they didn't like me. Yeah. <laughs> was Rhode Island after the rugby game really after really after that um night portion of the rugby date the group date with the Lucas drama and exactly Mm. so to be to be honest you know in the house the first few weeks you know I got really along with everyone all the guys that really came at me in the end of the season you know I was I was close with spent time with who would you say you were closest with or had the best times with That's a tough one. Uh, Week one, I had some quality time with Mike. We'd hang out in the hot tub. Tyler, shoot, TC was my my bunk mate the first few weeks. Okay. And we actually got to connect a lot. We were pretty close. Um, Even Jed. Jed and I were really close, too, (laughs) in the first few weeks, which all three of those relationships were going downhill from there yeah. <laughs> as well I mean everyone knows that yeah um but I mean I had I had good relationships with everyone I think I was really happy with how everyone embraced John Paul Jones I absolutely love that guy do you think that you got too maybe overconfident in your relationship early on would you say to say the least you just 
You just hit the nail on the head, sister. You maybe just got a little bit too big for your britches for the relationship, maybe. Yes. What you just explained is something that I didn't even realize. And it has to do with my story of what I learned from the show. Because I'm not an arrogant, big-headed type of person. You know, I am humble. But, you know, what, what people saw from Luke P was the opposite. And it was something that started to formulate early on that was like a snowball effect. And I turned out not even knowing, kind of being blinded to how arrogant and cocky I was acting in this overconfidence of, listen how crazy these thoughts were. I actually thought that within the first month, Hannah was going to go, all right, I'm sending everyone home. I want Luke P. And I'm so crazy that I thought the process was going to be expedited and I was going to go home with Hannah. So just to give you guys an understanding. You guys had a couple like tense moments, but one of the first ones was she said, I like confidence, but I don't like cocky. So obviously she also picked up on maybe that overconfidence that you were also feeling. For sure. People just wanted some insight maybe into some private times off camera uh, with the guys. Like what did you guys do together? Mansion was awesome. We would all just get in the kitchen and start cooking up literally everything in the fridge and hanging out. We hung out in the hot tub too much. They kept trying to turn the hot tub <laughs> off of the heat because we, hang- we were hanging out in the hot tub for too long and they were scared that we were going to get like overheated. We definitely, I got to work out with a lot of the guys too. You know, I'm really into fitness. So we got to use the little hill in the back and just run and do some like push ups and stuff, which was cool. But I think traveling, what was really cool with the guys, whenever I would hang out with the group, we would just play cards. Okay. So we played a lot of different cards, card games. Here's a product that I love that you've seen me post on social, the FabFit Fun Box. I just got mine, which includes an after spa hair towel, a product from Aveda that's all about hair repair. And my favorite so far is the Wander Beauty Baggage Claim Gold Eye Mask that really has helped those eye bags that I wake up with. With FabFitFun, you'll get a seasonal subscription box filled with full-size premium beauty, lifestyle, fitness, home, and wellness products that are sent to your doorstep. You can treat yourself or anyone else with this carefully curated box of goodies that could include earrings, a scarf, even a Kate Spade lunch tote. They were also sending out full-size ceramic hair straighteners. Trust me, these boxes sell out fast, and here's the trick. Everything in this box would cost over $200 and you're only spending $49.99 per season. You can customize the products in your box, and if you become a FabFitFun member, you'll also get flash sales. I love this company, and once again, you're only spending $49.99 on products that would add up to over $200. Use the coupon code MOUTHINGOFF for $10 off your first box at www.fabfitfun.com. That's fabfitfun.com with the coupon code MOUTHINGOFF for $10 off your first box. Let's talk, you you kind of brought up the rugby date. So let's go there. That was when the tides kind of turned for you. And it all kind of stemmed from the whole body slamming incident with Luke S. So did you really feel like Luke was charging at you in that moment? Two, or excuse me, a week before that happened. Mm -hmm. um, Dylan and Devin and I actually had a interesting conversation slash argument about some things that were going on between me, Hannah, and just like the producers. Okay. None of this, none of this airs. So, speed up to the rugby date night before. Luke, Luke S comes up to me. He's I'm sitting on the couch in this little living room area with Kevin and Mateo, just mm-hmm. hanging out talking. And Luke comes up to me and starts talking to me about the conversation I had with Dylan and Devin. And he's like coming at me and I'm like look dude what's up like come on what's going on like talk to me here I don't I don't want there to be any like animosity between us and he's like got upset we started talking about like that conversation and he started like telling me how I had no right to say some of the things I said and act the way I did and then just walks out on me so going into the rugby date he I don't know. He just always was like glaring at me and I'm serious. So like, we're going to start in the rugby date in practice and learning the rules 
I don't know if you could tell, they didn't really air much of us like yeah. actually playing. We struggled to like follow any of the rules. <laughs> and, you know, in the game, I'm doing my thing. Mm-hmm. He's on the other team, whatever. I'm not really paying much attention to him. You know, speed up to the end of the game. You know, I did tackle him a few times, which okay. I thought, yeah, I, this is an important detail. I thought this was pretty interesting. Like someone would tackle him if he ever had the ball. And like he was doing great. He was tough. He'd get up and start running around. Whenever I tackled him, he would just start cussing me out and like start threatening me. I'm like, dude, what is going on? So then towards the end of the game, he actually grabs me up by the throat and like is yelling at me and like trying to shove me. And I like shove him back off me and he like stumbles by the sideline. And I tried to like, just kind of shove him back. I didn't mean for him to like stumble and fall and lose his footing. Well, he gets up and starts charging me. You don't hear any of the audio, but you know, like he's like F bombing me and like threatening threatening to kill me which i mean come on like he's just yelling at me right just cussing me so i don't out of just self-defense i didn't i turn around and i see him coming at me so i'm like oh gosh this is not good what am i gonna do and just out of reaction it's totally immature i should have handled it completely differently but you know i picked him up put him on his back and then just kept playing the game which start which started up a huge mess later that night with talking to Hannah, which is definitely where the tables had turned for me. Obviously, mental health is a topic I touch on a lot, especially on this podcast with Luke. It's been quite a journey with my own mental health over the years, and I've gotten so much help with BetterHelp Online Counseling. I connect with my professional counselor in a safe and private online environment whenever I want, whether it's on a video or phone session or even texting my therapist. With BetterHelp, there are licensed professional counselors who specialize in whatever you need help with, depression, stress, relationships relationships, sleeping, family conflicts, grief, and so many more. Anything you share is completely confidential, and you can request a new counselor at any time for any reason. There are 3,000 licensed therapists across all 50 states who are ready to start communicating with you and help in a convenient, secure, and affordable way. You Mouthing Off listeners get 10% off your first month with the discount code OLIVIA. I highly recommend getting started today on betterhelp.com Olivia. You feel out a questionnaire and get matched with a counselor that fits your needs perfectly. That's betterhelp.com slash Olivia. Let's talk about your first one-on-one, which looked a lot different than most because there wasn't really a lot of romance. Was that date as tense as it looked like it was? No doubt. There, There's a little bit, I wouldn't say romance, but there was a little bit of actual quality conversation in the beginning of the date and then then really it was this misunderstanding Mm. and you know trying this is hard trying to think if i put my mind back i know and being on that date so this is kind of where what i struggled with you know hannah's wondering at this point so we're in scotland right the whole rhode island thing's over with the whole house does not like me yeah she's asking me why and what's up and she really wants to talk to me about my feelings and like how i'm handling it Right. And me just not being sensitive to that and not wanting to open up, I was kind of like brushing it off my shoulder. Like, I got this. Like, don't worry about me and the guys in the house. Like, I'm not here for them. I'm here for you. Like, I'm not this terrible, crazy guy. Just mm. believe me, which I say some very arrogant, big-headed sounding things on that date as well that were brutal. And I was cringing when I was watching that. Ugh. Can't believe I said some of that stuff. What was the hardest part to watch just from that date? Oh, so much. I think definitely me saying, oh, everyone loves me. <laughs> anyway, you say that, that's arrogant. Everybody loves me. No one has anything bad to say about me. Right. Well, it's, I mean, you like, I struggle. I mean, I don't like talking about myself at all, you know, because if you do, you're, you sound cocky regardless. She was just trying to explain to me that she wants a guy that, for her husband that people are drawn to is well liked. Yeah. Right. That's well liked. Yeah. And how, like, how can you, you know, you got to show someone that you can't just tell them. Right. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> I really struggled. I really struggled with opening up and that was my biggest issue. And she couldn't stand that. Like she was like, Luke, listen, like, I just want to hear about your feelings and I want you to be yourself and tell me what's up. And I was kind of putting up this wall of like not wanting to open up about, 
how I was handling the stuff with the guys, I was just really trying to get to know her better because I knew, you know, we don't really get all that much time together. So I wanted to bend to some deeper conversations. I think the most frustrating thing about the one-on-one date in Scotland was at the end of the night, she looks at me and says, I don't want you to go home, but I'm not giving you this rose. Right. And, and I'm like, hold up, hold up. What? (laughs) I seriously look at her. I'm like, I'm so confused. And I'm like, Hannah, if you don't give me that rose, then don't I go home? And she's like, look, I want to give you some time tonight to think this over. And I want you to come to me in the cocktail party tomorrow and be ready to open up and be yourself, et cetera, et cetera. And I start like telling her how I hate this process. Like I hate how limited the time is and I hate all this other stuff. Obviously I hated sharing my girlfriend that brought that up and she was like, okay, this is like, like, what's your problem? Like, this is what I want. I want you to be real with me and like, bring this, like be yourself. Okay. So now we'll, we'll do the overarching issue, um, between you and the guys and kind of what aired. It was a lot of, you would talk about the guys with Hannah and then go to the guys and say, I didn't talk about you. So what's the dealio there? Yes, this this is a struggle. Oh no, this was throughout the whole the whole thing. Big, really big in Scotland and the Netherlands, and and Latvia. Excuse me, all three. But I think the biggest thing that I'm thinking about to give you guys a reference is when Garrett says, "Before I go on my one-on-one, hey Luke, you better keep our names out of your mouth." And I'm like, of course, thanks for the advice, man. Like, I don't plan on bringing up any of your names. And I go on the date. Or no, he actually says, let me back up. He says, promise us that you won't talk about us. Um, Yeah. And I say, yeah, I I promise. Whatever. I walk out. And right then and there was a mistake. Because in my mind, I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to talk about you guys. When the reality was, I lied to him right there. Because if Hannah asks me anything about them, I'm going to bring it up. So I should have told Garrett, look, I want to talk about you. So be it. Or, you know, if Hannah asks me, I'm going to answer a question. But I just was like, yeah, look, man, I'm not, I'm not going to do it. Of course I go on the date and Hannah is wanting me to open up about my relationship with the guys in the house. Mm -hmm. And this was really hard on me, especially in the Netherlands. You know, Hannah would, every time we had one-on-one time and conversation went to the guys, she wanted me to bring up names because I straight up lied to them about that because Hannah kept asking me about names. So I would say names. Did I mean to lie about that? No. I mean, I tried just giving them her context clues about who I was talking about, but eventually, you know, names are coming out of my mouth. The Luke S stuff where he said, please go to Hannah and tell her the truth. And then you went to Hannah and in his eyes, did not. Did you understand his frustration in hindsight about that whole situation? 100%. I feel, I feel so terrible with how that whole situation transpired with Luke S and I. I think the biggest frustration for me with how that, how I went about that. Well, one, let me just back up. Yeah. I never thought Luke S was there for the right reasons to begin with. About the tequila company? Yeah, who am I to say he's there for the tequila company? And if I'm being completely honest here, I planned on not talking about him whatsoever and saying, Hannah asked me, like, what's the deal between you and Lucas? Talked about the whole rugby sideline deal. And then she goes, well, what do you think about Lucas? And I, me, would have been like, you know, I don't know much about him. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, you know, I'm, on our first, when was it? It was the first week. Um, we're on our date to the pageant. And yeah, Lucas did talk about this tequila brand that he wanted to start, which he didn't. Like, he doesn't even have the business. <laughs> he did talk about, he did talk about that, like, the whole time. And I'm, and this is me admitting to my wrong and fault here. Like, I should have never said anything about his tequila brand or business. Um, did I think he was there for reasons? No. But you just regret saying anything. Did I think he was there for the tequila brand? No. 
If anything, I think you should start a tequila brand now because there's been so much buzz about it. Now let's get into the real juice. That's totally on me. Like, should have never said that. Yeah. Anyway, the whole lying to him thing, like, to his face. The night before that cocktail party, Lucas comes up to my room. We talk. Like, we hug it out. And we're like, they don't hear any of that, of course. Of course. Us hugging it out. And we're like, we both apologize to each other. I tell him, like, look, dude. I'm sorry about how I handled that whole thing on the sideline. Like, you know, whatever details felt threatened, whatever. He's like, all right, my bad, like, for doing this, this, and that. Like, let's just stay in each other's lanes, right? <laughs> oh, the, bu- the buzz phrase. And we're good. We're good. We're going to the cocktail party. And then that was that was rough between me and Lucas. He comes up to me and he's like, look, Luke, like, because you told her that I'm not here for the right reasons, like she trusts your opinion and she's sending me home and like, I'm going home tonight because of you. And I'm like trying to tell him, I'm like, look, dude, like, I don't want you to think you're going home because of me. Like, I want you to feel like you're going home because she doesn't see a future with you. Mm-hmm. Not just because I said this. And then we start talking about the conversation we had the night before. And then what you see with airs is me saying, look, dude, like, I'll tell her about the conversation we had. I'll tell her that you're And I'll tell her that you're here. Yeah. Yeah. And what, first of all, why did I ever say that? Big mistake again on my part. And this is something that you can't tell from watching what airs. And now like to get into a little bit of depth of me and kind of like my struggle and like having some self-reflection being pulled out of the bachelorette bubble and being home and learning about why did I put myself in some of those situations and why did some of those things come out my mouth? You know, I struggled when I was younger about being really Mm self-conscious and like worrying about what other people's opinions of me were. And in that moment, I felt like, because I'm standing there in front of this fireplace and all the guys are sitting on the couch and they're all looking at us and literally everyone there is listening to this conversation I'm having mm-hmm. with Lucas. And because of this like worry about what they thought of me, I told Lucas that I would tell her that he is here for the right reasons when really I should have just been up front and like, look, man, like that's out of my control. Like mm-hmm. I can't do anything now. Yeah. Like I'm sorry. And now like from being home, I realized like, I've learned how to overcome that. Like the only thing that matters to me is what God thinks of me now. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I, I've grown from, from being off the show. And it's like, you would have never known that I struggled with that from watching what airs, but like right. me right. coming home and realizing what, how or why was I put or put myself in some of those scenarios. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's something that I've been learning and growing since I've been on the show. Here's what I want to ask is, do you agree with the men when they say that you were the reason that a lot of cocktail parties were canceled? That's a tough question to answer. My initial answer would just be flat out yes. But I mean, think about it. If Hannah's ready to make her decision, that's her decision. But ultimately, yeah, I mean, it was it was my fault. She, it was That's my biggest apology to Hannah. Mm-hmm. And that was my biggest apology at the tell-all is, you know, I, I told her, look, I'm sorry for causing you to be so emotional throughout the process. Mm-hmm. And because of that, she didn't want to see us for the cocktail party for a few of them. So, And then that one cocktail party where she actually came in and was like basically yelling at you guys, telling you to get it together. Was that kind of a kick in the pants for all of you guys? For sure. She was like, you guys don't even know me. Yeah. You're not asking me any questions about myself. Yeah. Let's talk about, I want to just quickly go over hometowns. And then of course the end, was your family happy with how your hometown date looked? (laughs) That's a, uh, that's a very good question. I don't know how to answer that besides (laughs) just saying, so let me just say this. So at first they're like, wow, we can see how you feel about the edit because there's so many good things that or things that we said that we wanted to air that like you don't even get to see. Yeah. So they, they got an idea of kind of like, you know, how they arrange things. Right. And then, but ultimately they're like, 
hey, this looks good compared to the other episodes for you. I mean, it, it was probably your best episode yet. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, you actually get to see me in a home environment, like, yeah. being myself and not dealing with all the drama, right? The Luke P drama. Were you surprised that Hannah was so open with your family about, like, the difficulties that you guys had been going through? I wasn't really surprised. So you're happy but, that it was truthful? Definitely. I think that was a good episode for you. But then the Greece overnight date happens. The most common question on my Facebook page was asking if there's anything that hap any things that happen that made you think that you and Hannah were on the same page about sex Whoa. in the fantasy Whoa. suites. Well, I'm so happy that is the most common question you have because that's like the that's the biggest question I want to answer. Okay. So. Why do you think I would be crazy enough to go back for her when she sends me home? This will answer all of everyone's questions. Okay. So, yes, we had multiple faith conversations and about what we wanted in the future, like even night one, what we wanted in the future husband and wife. Okay. We had some deeper conversations about our relationship with God in the Netherlands. We got to share each other's testimony. And then in Greece, or excuse me, on the hometown date, yep. she gets to meet my Sunday school group yep. and friends from my church. And she brings up the fantasy suites and says, listen, everyone. And this is after she talked to them about her relationship with God and kind of like all of that. Right. Mm -hmm. So she tells everyone, she's like, look, everyone, please don't judge me about the fantasy suites. Because I do not intend to use them for sex. I will use them to further the relationships through conversation. So I'm thinking, okay, great. I don't have to worry about the fantasy suites week because, you know, if she asks me to go in the fantasy suites, my answer is going to be no. Like, I don't, I would love to have time with you off camera, but like, I don't want to even be tempted by spending the night with you. So that's my take on that. Now let's speed forward to Greece conversation where you hit, you hear me hit Hannah with, Hey, let's talk about sex. Mm -hmm. And this huge, there's this huge misunderstanding, right? Yeah. That was really frustrating for me of kind of what aired because some of what I say is kind of flip flopped in like real time. Yeah. Okay. And to give everyone like an understanding of how the or real order was in real life. So you have Peter go first in the fantasy suite mm -hmm. uh, dates. Then it was Jed. Then I was third. And then Tyler actually went last. Okay. That's real life order. So I didn't know it at all, but she had sex. So I'm going into this thinking we might, we we're not probably not even going to go in the fantasy suites together. Like we're probably going to get time off camera. Like, I'm, ex I'm looking forward to talking about mm -hmm. and making sure we're on the same page about sex because all of our conversations leading up to this, I really felt like we're on the same page. And she even goes in to tell me. So I tell her, I was like, hey, let's talk about sex. And I lay down, talk a little bit about the Bible, talk about what I want with sex. I tell her, I'm like, look, I know you're not a virgin. I know I'm not. And I was like, but like, this is where I'm at with mm -hmm. sex. I don't plan on having it until marriage and this is like what I'm seeking to live according to God's design and I talked to her about how she feels about all that just to hear and make sure because I'd be a fool to assume and she tells me straight up she goes Luke like your heart your convictions and what you want like we are on the same page she tells me that while knowing with two previous nights she had sex, which I'm like, would have never thought that would ever happen, right? And I ask her next question. I say, hey, well, have you planned on or do you plan on being sexually intimate in any of the other relationships? And I just felt like I needed to ask just to make sure that I'm not assuming that we're on the same page. Yeah. So I don't, so I don't get blindsided. And I still don't even realize I'm getting blindsided. She goes... I can't believe you asked me that question. You have no right to ask me that, which me personally, I felt like I had every right to ask her that because I I'm asking her that for me and I'm backstage, like, or not stage behind the mm -hmm. scenes 
like getting fitted for a tux to propose in. Right. Like this is how accelerated and like the timeline we're talking about is. And she tell she asked, this is, this is where the conversation goes. She goes, well, wh- how would that change how you feel about me if I had had sex or I hadn't? And this doesn't air, but I go, well, if you told me that, I don't know what I would do, to be honest, Hannah. I said, Hannah, I would want to talk to you about it, talk to you through it, and try and make things work, even though, like, you slipped up. And she didn't receive that very well. And then I told her, I was like, but look, like, my initial reaction would be if you told me you had sex in, you know, these other relationships, I'd want to send myself home. And that's what you see errors, like, hey, if you, you did that, I wouldn't go home. She didn't receive that well at all. And I'm sitting over here totally confused, thinking we're on the same page. I'm like, what's going on? Because I feel like if like this shouldn't be happening, right? And I still have I still in my mind have no idea that she had sex at all or any of this, right? Then mm-hmm. she sends me home and then right before I get in the van, she goes, Well, I bet you didn't want to know that I, you know, did some stuff in a windmill. Yeah. And I'm like and you see it, I'm like, excuse me? And she repeats herself. And I don't know what she was thinking. If she thought, like, I was going to act like, you know, Mr. Righteous and be like, well, screw you. I don't want to be with you. This, this, and that. Like, I didn't feel that way at all. I was, like, still wanted to be with her. And I felt like she was making a mistake because I really felt like every conversation we had about, like, where we were with our beliefs perfectly lined up. And that's where, in my mind, I'm like in this utter shock and, you know, going back, they can't send me straight home, right? Because if fans see me, they'll know the timeline that I got sent home. So I have to stay an extra few days and wait for the rose ceremony. Well, they, they asked me, they're like, hey, how are you feeling? Producers come to see me and talk to me, some of the executive producers. And they're like, hey, Luke, like, what's going on? And I'm like... They're like trying to be there for me. And I'm looking at them. I'm like, like, I'm not heartbroken right now because this isn't over for me. Like I, I want to go back and just share with her that I feel like she's making a mistake and show her that I'm still going to fight for her. And if that doesn't work and she doesn't want to be with me, great. I'll get closure. And once I have closure, I'll be totally okay with getting on the plane and going home. So that is why I go back. And you just had a spare ring in your pocket or what? (laughs) I mean, look, I can understand your side completely. I do. And then I, I mean, and maybe I would like your take. And there are a lot of people who had questions about this. Like when you refer to her having sex with someone else as a mistake or slipping up, do you understand how that could be perceived as, you know, slut shaming? I mean, I, I struggle with seeing how that could be perceived as slut shaming when it's like, you know, I, when you see my reaction, even though you see what you like, excuse me, what I'm trying to say is when you even seeing what airs, like I actually go back and I'm showing that I still want to be with her and fight for her. Like if I was slut shaming her, I would have been like, well, screw you. Like you had sex with two guys. I'm out of here. And like, I don't have that response. I actually just go back and still show her that I want to be with her. That's, that's where I'm kind of like struggling with like seeing how that can be portrayed as slut shaming just because like, yeah, you know, being, being a believer and being a Christian, like we we're we believe in abstaining from sex before marriage and like, I'm not perfect. No one's perfect. And I get it. Like if you believe in that and that's your heart and that's your desire and your conviction to do that. And I totally understand if you slip up, like no one's perfect. Even the biggest, like strongest God fearing men in the Bible have the craziest worst stories of how they slipped up and like how they made mistakes and how they grew from it. So I totally understand and get it. But like, that was just like, I think that's a hard conversation for outsiders to understand like how Hannah and I were approaching the conversation when we're both professing Christians and we're trying to have a faith conversation. 
So I feel like it's hard for some people to understand that. Obviously, you probably regret going back at all uh, to the rose ceremony. I mean, what did you think was going to happen that she would say, yeah, just kidding, never mind, come back? I wouldn't say that I would have changed not going back. Okay. I felt like I actually got closure and got a better understanding with like kind of the situation from going back because I was, like I said, I was blindsided and I was shocked. Like I had no idea um, about things that were going on and mm -hmm. kind of like her take on things. So it was my idea to go talk to her privately before the rose ceremony, but that wouldn't be good TV. So at that point, I was like, whatever. Like, I just want to have another word with Hannah. And you could tell she did not want to talk to me at all. <laughs> I have some generic questions um, from people. First question, what is one thing that never aired that you wish had? So many things. I mean, the, the one thing I'm salty about is like the... <laughs> The, uh, the pageant, I mean, I, they didn't even show my talent and they didn't show anyone else's speeches. But I mean, all in all, I think for me and just kind of like where I'm at, I felt like it would have been really cool for um, them to air like some of the deeper, more intimate conversations we had, especially mm -hmm. in the beginning for people to understand like how, how in the world did Hannah Brown like that Luke P guy? Well, yeah, everyone was like, how is he still here? Exactly. Yeah. And it's like, I think that would answer all their questions of like getting a better understanding of what we talked about. Okay. So. Uh, as you were filming, who did you think at the time would be portrayed as the villain? Well, first week, I was like, oh, I'm sorry, Cam. Like, <laughs> I know you're in a bad spot. Yeah, and, he'd admit that too, probably. Yeah, and I was like, oh, gosh. And now, look how things have turned. Oh, what, my. What, did, what did Cam say in the tell-all? He was like, Luke! Man, I was the villain in the beginning, but man, now you made me look good. I thought that was pretty. Yes. That was I. I actually laughed in the tell at that. That was that was funny. Yes, that was funny. Yeah. But I think, yeah, definitely Cam in the first few weeks because with that whole thing that was going on with him and like interrupting dates with flowers and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then, I again like this is interesting. Like, I didn't really know, and was blinded just because of my personality of being very naive like that I was gonna I was the villain so you had it, no idea well let me give you a timeline so I knew definitely in Latvia which is very late in the game is when I I knew I was like okay they're definitely like I'm the bad guy of the season like I'm the villain because in Latvia I had done a lot and it was actually my birthday that week okay. and to like try and mend some of the relationships because of all this crazy animosity and like drama between us and just frustration from me and like wondering how I could get myself in this position. And we, I had a great time with them. Like that was, I had some good bonding time with them, playing cards and stuff, playing spades. And then that rose ceremony got canceled, which was all on me. And then I knew right then that I was there, I was the villain because they all turned on me again. And it was like, from then on out, I was super isolated. It's like, I, I didn't even get much time to spend with them even if I wanted to it's sad but it was late in the game for me to find that out I was just like I was hoping I was gonna have like a comeback a turn around and like the house was gonna love me and no that was not the case at all at men tell all you were asked if you would change anything if you regret anything and you said no yes this this question frustrates me so much why did you say that I'm I ask myself that same question every day because they don't show the exact time of what happened. Chris Harrison asks him that question, and I say no. And I literally look at him, and I'm like, wait, Chris, hold up. I'm like, I cannot believe I just said that. And I look at Chris Harrison, I'm like, dude, of course I would change stuff. I would change so many things about the show. I mean, come on. You think I'm, I'm happy with, you know, body slamming a guy, throwing baloney at a guy, like doing all these crazy things and whatever. The list goes on. So, of course, there's so many things I would have changed. Well, I'm Chris Harrison. I'm going to ask you again. What would you change? What do you regret? I regret being so overly confident in the beginning and so blinded to it that it turned into complete arrogance and allowing myself to be, and this is like a struggle for me to say and admit, because I don't want to come off as making excuses, but I, it's totally on me. Like the way I acted is 
obviously I'm the one responsible for doing everything I said and did, but I allowed myself to be manipulated. So I would have been stronger and not allow that to happen. Obviously been less arrogant and then would have been more sensitive to opening up and having, well, being more intentional about having ser- more serious conversations with Hannah earlier, Yeah, trying to get to know her better. And yeah, I, don't, I mean, the list, the list goes, goes on, on. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Okay, a couple random questions just about men tell all. Was it as bad in real life as it came off? Yeah, the whole thing took, like, just to give everyone an idea of what happens in real life, the whole thing took probably eight hours. I was in the hot seat for probably, like, three hours. And it was way worse in real life than what aired. A lot of things that they said to me that were pretty harsh didn't air. And they still said some things that were very harsh Mm. that did air. But... Yeah, that was that was really tough for me. We obviously have to talk about Jed. Did Jed ever talk in the house about this girlfriend Haley back home? So even when Scott went home the first night for having a girlfriend, he never gave anyone any indication that he had someone. No, I think he was actually sitting a few people away from me um, on the couch and was like, it was like me, him, TC, and like Jonathan. We're all like, dude, we're all saying, dude, we can't believe that guy. What do you think about that whole revelation? To be honest, it doesn't surprise me. And it hurts me for Hannah. Because mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like she was trying to find a relationship that could be a husband. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people go on the show for other reasons, but I feel like she was looking for that. And I know that's frustrating. I mean, I don't know. It's frustrating for me, too, because, you know, on the show, he calls me all these things and calls me toxic and all these other things and, like, tells me, hey, Hannah, like, I'm worried about your relationship with Luke and him changing after the show and being something you don't think he is. And then we all know his situation. So that, to me, Mm -hmm. that was definitely frustrating. And I just really, I think the biggest thing, I just hurt for Hannah because think about it. If you're in her shoes, like that's embarrassing. You know, a lot of people thought that Tyler was the guy and I'm, you know, she even asked him on a date on the final rose. Did you ever think that Tyler was going to be the one? No. <laughs> Did he ever talk about Gigi Hadid? Never. <laughs> I think, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for Tyler. I think, I, I think too. he did it. I think he did it right. I mean. He wanted to talk to Hannah probably about some of the stuff on the show, went out for a little bit, went on a date, and now he's doing this thing. But you were never threatened by Tyler. I mean, I thought I thought I shared how overly cocky and arrogant and overly confident I was the whole time. Like, you're talking to the guy that thought she was going to end the show early. We had a lot of questions about whether, and you just addressed this on Twitter, I think it was, but whether you were ever asked to do Paradise. I was never asked to do Paradise. I was begged for two months to do Paradise. And Was there ever a chance you were like any sliver close to going? No. I thought it was pretty pretty interesting too. Like I even got connected with Colton Underwood. Mm-hmm. Well, Colton told me that they even tried to, the creator of the show was like trying to get one of the executive producers to get a hold of Colton to try and talk to me about Paradise. Mm-hmm. So that's how much they tried to leverage. But I'm just thankful that I even got to connect and chat with Colton. Dude's an awesome guy. Mm-hmm. And he shot me straight. He told me what's up and was like, look, like, I'm not going to try and encourage you to do anything. Like, you do what you want. But I want to give you my experience of Paradise and, like, what happened with me and my take on it. And then, like, you take and do what you want with it. And that, to me, was really cool. Here's my favorite conversation to have with villains is how your mental health is Mm. post show how are you doing right now i'm in a really good place but let's let's get down to like the real for for a little bit yeah so you know getting home week one's great get the first impression rose and then we all know it's all downhill from there and then man some of those episodes were so hard to watch. Like some of them, I was cringing and like so 
disappointed in myself and it was just so hard to watch that I, I, I had to stop watching. I don't even know how you started. I just never watched at all. I couldn't do it. It was it was the hardest thing ever. And then another thing I struggled with too was social media. Oof. And I don't think people realize like how real that stuff is. Like there's one person every day in the US that kills himself because of cyberbullying. Mm-hmm. And that first little bit of time like during season and after it aired was really hard for me because I was constantly going through and like, obviously I can't go through all the comments and DMS and stuff because there's a lot. Right. Right. But all of the ones I went through that were just like, you are this, you're that, like you are just completely worthless. Like go crawl in the hole and die. Like go kill yourself type comments. I just didn't realize how, ruthless people could be and like I get it like I watched the season like I couldn't stand that Luke P guy either and like I've learned so much for it from being on the show and just even post show and I'm thankful for it but I won't lie like talk about mental health I was in a bad place there for a little bit but like knowing obviously that those people don't really know the real me Mm -hmm. and then obviously you know I'm I've talked a lot about my faith and you guys know um that yeah, I'm a professing believer mm-hmm. and a Christian and that alone and being surrounded by friends and family that love me in my tight circle and knowing that like the, the one opinion of me that I need to be focusing on is God's and how much he loves me and what he really thinks of me and what he yeah. says about me. That is what got me through the whole process and the whole mental health thing, which I'm so thankful for just the close friends and family that I have just always fighting in my corner. Someone wanted to know what has been a new habit or daily ritual that has helped you recenter and focus yourself? I would say just to answer the question, since it's new, Yeah. I'd say I like, it's a struggle sometimes, especially when you're, you get lazy and tired. Yeah. But like when I wake up, I like to just have some quiet time, read a little bit. I like to rethink and put myself in the same shoes I was on the show and think about the struggles I had and like how do I overcome those and rethink the things that I struggle with and put myself in a healthy position to combat and overcome those things because if you struggle with something at one point in your life it's not just going to instantly go away like you're going to have to work daily to overcome that and obviously based on what you saw you probably saw parts of yourself that you didn't like. So what have you learned about yourself? How, how have you made changes or how do you plan on making changes in future relationships and things like that? So future relationship changes. Yeah. I definitely plan on not going on reality TV. Well, (laughs) I would date in the normal real world. Let's start with that. (laughs) Uh, yes. But yeah, I mean, just to be serious, I mean, definitely like what I talked about earlier, like with my struggle with the whole Lucas situation and like um, just the whole, you know, worrying about what other people think of me and the whole being self-conscious thing that I used to really struggle with. I didn't realize I still do struggle with Mm -hmm. and how like what God thinks of me is what matters to me most. And like, that's how I'm overcoming that and like just staying in the word and like growing in my faith and just continuing to grow in my relationships. And I think one thing to add to this whole thing Mm -hmm. is just how important relationships are in your life, to have healthy relationships in your life, to have people that can hold you accountable in your life. Because one thing that people don't really think about, like when you go and land in LA to go on this TV show and if you make it far, you're there for two plus months as soon as you land, you have your cell phone taken from you. So you have lost complete communication with Mm -hmm. everyone that's close in your life. So any best friend that you would Snapchat or text or FaceTime about relationship advice or any next steps to take in any situation you're in, like all of those relationships and ties have been cut. Everything. Goodbye. So yes. That's my huge takeaway is like making sure like you have close friends that are fighting for you in your corner that like if you are struggling 
or want some advice or just want to talk about something you're going through, whether it's relationship or life or work or whatever, like have someone that you can call a good friend or a mentor or someone that's in your life that like can encourage you and just hold you accountable. Julie Watson said, does he think he could ever be with a woman whose religious views do not align a hundred percent with his own? That's deep. Yeah. I mean, I, I prefer someone that's on the same page with me. No doubt. Got it. Okay. I want you to talk about your social media. I want you to pitch what you want to pitch, what's going on in your life that people need to know about. Social media. So I have never been a big social media guy. So I'm still in the process of learning everything and trying to apply myself there for sure. What is it? Luke Parker? Luke Luke Parker underscore 777 on Instagram. There you go. And... Yeah, I mean, I just kind of want to like anyone who follows me, I want to get an idea of what you want to see. And I'm really into fitness. So right now, I actually had just launched my 30-day unbroken fitness challenge. And I'm working on the website and offering customized programming and workout plans. So if anyone's trying to get fit and get right with your nutrition, I can help you out diet. So that's kind of where I'm at on that, if anyone's into that. But... Yeah, I'm just going to continue to do my thing there. Is there anything else that people don't know about you that you wish they did? People wondering if I felt like I had any regrets. I mean, there's so much that I would change. But I don't know. I'm just I'm thankful that I even did it in the first place just because of the growth aspect of it. Okay. Although it was the hardest thing I'd have ever been through in my whole entire life. Yeah. Hands down. <laughs> Thank you for talking to me. It was quite fun. Wait, is the interview over? It is over. I think we nailed it. For sure. I got to go to work now. Sounds good. Okay, bye, hen. All right, bye.